your home of the Pens and the best Pens coverage. WXDX FM Pittsburgh and iHeart Radio Station. The power play is where the Penguins will miss Patrick Hornquist the most. Coach Mike Sullivan said today that the Pens can still be successful in the power play without Hornquist, and I hope he's right. But it's not what I'd predict. Jake Gensel isn't a good net front guy, and the power play may very well languish on the perimeter. Now, as far as 5-on-5 goes, I don't know that Dominic Simone has to replace Hornquist per se. Simone isn't as good as Hornquist, and certainly doesn't play anything like Hornquist. But it's not just about Simone. Somebody needs to step up. Maybe Zach Aston Reese gets the opportunity I've been lobbying for and makes the most of it. Maybe Russ pops one in, or Haglin, or the fourth line, or whoever. The phrase, next man up. That phrase is tiresome and cliche. But on a good team, when somebody gets hurt, it clearly applies. On a bad team, it's empty rhetoric. Like when a scrub defenseman belays your best center's knee. But with the Penguins, well, do you remember last spring the Ottawa series, the conference final? Hornquist only played one game of that. Hornquist was hurt. I bet you don't even remember that. And the reason you don't remember that is the Penguins just kept right on winning. Chris Kunis scored his only two goals in the playoffs to win game seven versus Ottawa. And then Hornquist came back and scored the cup-winning goal in the final at Nashville. That's how it works on good teams. And I bet that's how it works tonight. Sick Again brought to you by 84 Lumber, helping you build the right way since 1956. Up. Uh, I've been saying that the Penguins power play is going to struggle without Hornquist. But without Hornquist in those six games last year against Ottawa, the Penguins power play was 6-for-14. Now, Kunitz was available as a net front alternative, but still 6-for-14 without Hornquist. How the heck did they do that? But they did, and they also won the Stanley Cup without having Chris Letang play a single game, you may recall. It wouldn't shock me at all if the Flyers collapsed tonight and the Penguins blew them out. The way that Couturier injury happened is demoralizing and his absence provides the Flyers with just the excuse they need to tank. Their coach, Hackstall, without Couturier, Hackstall can't look at the rosters, at the lineups for these teams and come up with one good matchup for the Flyers. That matchup, a good matchup, just isn't there. Like I said earlier, I think Giroux should ask to move back to center. It's what the Flyers need. If he's a leader and captain, that's what he'd do. Still no definitive word on Couturier, but I I saw the video of Hextall, the GM. Not Hextall, the coach, but Hextall, the GM. The GM said no update on Couturier, but he said it like like, like with flop sweat on his brow, and I think he was like sweating at the pits, and his head was bowed. It was like, 
No update on Couturier. He sounded like Gary Shandling when he was upset. Well, you know, we really don't have an update on Couturier. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Watching Bournemouth and Man U. How did, boy, that was a penalty and Bournemouth got screwed. I'm not as emotional when it's not Liverpool playing, am I? Well, gee, you know, that could have been a penalty. If it's Liverpool, where's the effing penalty? Uh, here's why I love Colin Coward on Fox. Philadelphia sports fans are getting arrogant, a bit big for their britches because the Eagles won and the Sixers are pretty good. And Colin Coward said, and I quote, Nick Foles is not winning another Super Bowl. The Phillies are irrelevant, and the Flyers aren't as good as the Penguins. If Ben Simmons gets hurt tomorrow, you're right back in the back of the bus, unquote. To which I can only add, woo! And speaking of, did anybody see Ric Flair on Jimmy Fallon last night? With some rappers doing a song called Ric Flair Drip. And Rick's out there. They had like a fake wrestling ring. He's in one of his robes. Oh, my God. You got to see it. What's causing all this? Now, what's that a reference to? Somebody help me out because, as you know, I am not a black man. What's the Ric Flair drip? What does that mean? I, I really don't know. Somebody tell me on Twitter, at Mark Madden X, or, or call. I'm desperate. And the song goes like this. It goes, Ric Flair drip. Woo. Ric Flair drip. Woo. Ric Flair drip. Woo. It It's pretty catchy. Let's go to Roger in Toronto, Ohio. Roger, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. Um, my, the question I had was, uh, I see Las Vegas, they swept their series. Um and the last time I remember Mark Andre having a series sweep, was it uh, 09 in uh, Carolina? Did he have any others? Uh, no, I don't believe so. I believe the only time Mark swept, uh, really, what was the last time the Penguins swept is probably a better yeah. question. They didn't sweep any series in uh, 17 or 18. Uh, excuse no. me, 16 or 17, so I don't remember. But, uh, yeah, that was definitely a sweep in the conference final. Yeah. In 09 against Carolina. And that did the Penguins a world of good, by the way, because it gave them a chance to regroup before playing Detroit. Because there was a lot to think about. Detroit defending champ, and Detroit had beat them in six games the year before. Sure. Um, the, the other thing about that 09 game was uh, Malkin, that incredible backhand goal he had. I still say that's his best goal ever. Uh, right there, the kind of spin Rooney coming out of the, well, not even out of the corner, but, but from behind the net. Let's go to. Uh, Mike in the car. Mike, you're on with the super genius. Mr. Madden, thank you. What's uh, up? I had a question about the uh, power play and Aston Reese. Right before they re-signed um, Horny to a contract, they were talking about Aston Reese as a Hornquist-type player. Well, uh, they weren't talking about that openly, but, but yeah, Aston Reese is considered by Penguins management to be similar to Hornquist. I don't quite see it that way. But I understand the comparison. Hornquist is more of a battler. Aston Reese kind of thinks more in traffic. Hornquist will go in front and just whack at the puck until it goes in. Aston Reese will grab the puck, go forehand, backhand, 
or backhand forehand, uh, put it in the net. Uh, neither is a shrinking violet. Both are tough. But Hornquist is kind of a Wild West type of tough, and Aston Reese is a more calculated kind of tough. I thought I heard the general manager actually quoted as saying the comparison was there. My other, my other question was uh, Jim, about... put it this way. I've heard Jim say that uh, off the record, so he may well have said that publicly. Uh, my other I hope so, was, in light of the fact that I just said I heard him say it off the record. Hey, my other question was your analysis of the power play and how the puck is entering the zone. Are you satisfied with dropping it back uh, to Kessel and have him... I think it's a bit predictable it? sometimes, don't you? Uh, I'd like to see some of the Penguins move with the puck coming in. It seems to me... Kessel is the only one. No, no, they're moving. It's just it feels so often the guy to get the puck to entry on the delayed entry. Uh, I think their power play entries were a lot better in game three. Not perfect, but a lot better. And and I think I would like to see a plan B on the zone entry for the power play. It it seems sometimes they dump, but it's out of desperation and not out of planning. I'd like to see them have something they, a different zone entry they just go to right off the hop once in a while. So the other team can't just, you know, lay on that delayed entry. I mean, there's no way to limit Kessel or whoever's speed coming when he gets the puck, and that's the key focus of the zone entry. But there are more than one ways to skin that cat, and the Penguins don't even pursue those other ways. Like I said, when they dump, it's because the delayed entry isn't working, and it's out of desperation. Let's go to Tony in Cannonsburg. Tony, you're on with Double M. Hi, Mark. What up? Um, so it's kind of a two-part question here. Um, if Hornquist is long-term, uh, more long-term than what they're saying, I, right I now, don't think he is. But go ahead. Uh, do, do you eventually go back to Kessel on a third line, even though he had a better game with Malkin? And it, and, and my my second question is: Are the Penguins more dangerous having three superstars on three lines? Or well, you know, that we debate that Malkin? all the time. They like to put the three superstars on the different lines. But I don't think the three superstars have enough help when they're on separate lines. Yeah, I tend to agree with you there, Mark. But if Hornquist is longer than what they hope, what do you do right now? I mean, if Simone doesn't work out tonight, I, I hate Cheery on Crosby's line. I just, I don't, I just don't think he plays well enough with it. What would I do? I'd leave, I'd leave Kessel with with Malkin. I'd play Gunsel, uh, who's already with Sid. I'd leave him with Sid, and I don't know, maybe Brian Rust. Well, then that, that was kind of the reason why I thought maybe you drop Kessel back to play with Broussard, being that you're taking Rust off that line, now your third line. Why do we really have to bad. make sure Derek Broussard has guys to work with? I don't think we do, but I think Broussard's been playing better, and, and I think that uh, him and Kessel may gel better without Rust. Yeah, who do you think line? Kessel would produce more with, Malkin or Broussard? Malkin. <laughs> well, then you, you defeated your own argument. Okay, Joe's going to clear this up. Uh, Joe, what does Ric Flair drip mean? Good day, Mr. Madden. What's up? The Ric Flair drip is the last drop of adrenaline, the woo, right before it happens. Right before what happens? Like orgasm? You got it. Now, is that a medical term? They actually call it Ric Flair drip? That's an urban dictionary meaning. You mean it's, so it's the feeling you get right before kapow? The last drop of adrenaline, woo! There's a feeling I get when I look to the West. Ric Flair drip. Woo! Ric Flair drip. Woo! 
Ric Flair drip. Woo! We got Mike Rupp at the bottom of the hour, 105.9. This is Tom Kunak of the Pittsburgh Penguins. You're listening to Mark Madden and the best hockey talk on 105.9 DX. Ric Flair drip. Woo! Ric Flair drip. Woo! Ric Flair drip. Woo! I like it. Who are the rappers who do that? I don't tell me. I really don't care. There's only one, but there's a DJ. I saw him on Fallon with Rick. It, it is great when you see Rick, like, out there with the rapper. And you see the rapper strut around, and you see Rick strut around. And then you really do realize, seeing it, they all imitate Rick. So many people in showbiz, rappers, they just love Rick and they imitate Rick. With the strut and the swag, it, it really is great. Ric Flair has never been more popular. Couldn't be happier for the old boy. We're going to talk a, a lot more Penguins before the show's over. You know who really is a study is Chris Letang. And I say that because Tanger played 25 minutes in game three. He's out there the whole time. Played tremendous. Didn't put a skate wrong. Kept it simple. Mostly played defense. Picked the spots offensively. Did well entering the zone in a power play when he was out there with the man advantage. Just did so much right. And you wonder. Did he play better because he played 25 minutes? Or did Sully use him 25 minutes because he was playing better? It's a good question. Because I've always felt, and Tanger feels too, and has said so on this show many times, the more he plays, the better he plays. And I have a bit of a theory about that. I think in the playoffs, when the hockey's so intense, very physically demanding, and Tanger plays 25 minutes, also very physically demanding, I think he gets just a little tired. Not a lot tired, but just a little. And I think it slows him down just enough where he thinks that much more before he makes a play. Just a split second. But I think he's more economical. I think he's more cerebral. I think he's more sensible. I think he's more simple when he's just a little bit tired. Maybe that's the secret. Or, or maybe he knows he's going to play a ton, so he paces himself and slows down for that reason. But whatever reason, I like it. And You can't go wrong playing that guy 25 minutes. I always love when coaches say, well, we're going to roll three lines, excuse me, roll four lines and use all six defensemen. That is such a crock. I'm sure Sullivan said something like that after the game on Sunday. But if you rolled three sets of defensemen, how Tanger played 25 minutes? And you had the special teams, yada, yada, but, but I would play Tanger as much as Tanger wants. I really do believe there was a time in Tanger's career, and maybe he still could, where he could have played a 60-minute game. Every minute in the game, maybe not in the playoffs, but maybe like in October. What good it would do? Well, none. Is there risk? Yes. So don't do it. But it still would have been fun to see him do it because I think he was capable of it. 
And, you know, for those who, like, want to use all the defensemen, what would you rather see? Latang played 25 minutes and say, for example, Chad Ruedel plays five less? Or would you rather see them play the same amount of minutes? Uh, the more Tanger, the better is what I think. Let's go to uh, our good friend. He is the Hebrew hammer, hammer, Yakshimash. Hey, Yakshimash. Hey, Mark, uh, real quick on Latang. I think he might just have a, I'm not saying this in a demeaning way, but maybe his attention span small or short. The more that he plays, the more he's into the game. And yeah, that, that's a demeaning way and also inaccurate. What else you got? Okay. Uh, the Ric Flair drip. That's Woo! a drug reference. How do you figure? Uh, the, dr- the drip could be a morphine or some other type of um, – it, it is. I'm telling you, this is what it is. Well, somebody so also drip- tweeted that, like, when you do a lot of blow, you get a drip in the back of your nasal cavity. Is that true? Well, I don't do drugs. So- is that true? The drip is the morphine, and the woo is the high. I've also heard it just refers to swag. No, that's not it. That's absolutely not it. So these rappers have tried to tie Ric Flair into drug use. Uh, it seems to be. The Beer use, yes. Wine for, use, uh, yes. A bunch of kamikazes on one tray, two trays, three trays, four trays. I forget how many trays. Yes, but no more. And the drug thing's inaccurate. I'll never buy a car at a dealership again, Carvana. I was going to say that's your cue, but but that works fine. Whammy. Up next, it's Hockey Talk with Ruffer. I mean, Mike Rupp, Rupper, 105.9 X. Best Hockey Talk on 105.9 The X. The Pens and Flyers play tonight at Philadelphia. It's game four of their playoff series. It's a pleasure to talk hockey with a former Stanley Cup champion, ex-Penguin. Now with the NHL Network, it's Mike Rupp. Rupper, have you ever seen a teammate hurt a teammate like Gudas hurt Couturier? Because I have not. <laughs> um, I mean, I've seen some some things like that, but I, I just think because it's Radko Gudas, it just like makes it even more intriguing that this happened because that guy's just like a human wrecking ball. And uh it's it was a fluky thing. I was I watched it a number of times. And I was trying to figure out. It almost looked like it almost looked like they were they had two different drills going on at the same time and they overlapped. And uh, I don't understand how the it happened. But that guy, I'll tell you what, he's so solid. And if you don't see him and he doesn't see you and you get a piece, he's gonna he's gonna win that. It was a, a nasty one. And you know, unfortunately for the Flyers, uh, Sean Couturier is banged up. How can the Flyers reconfigure their lines? Without Couturier, doesn't Giroux have to play center? I mean, Rupper, how can Phil Pula be your second line center? Yeah, I think that I think that it's hard to do that though because of Giroux's unbelievable season this year. His career's best season has been on the wing. Um, but yeah, I but this ain't about him. It should be about the Flyers. Yeah, I, I would agree. I, I think moving him to center would be a a good thing, and I also think. You know, you came into this series looking at that, or I did at least, looking at their top three lines, and I thought it was going to cause some problems for the Pens if they were going, and it hasn't been that case. So I think you got to find a way to get Wayne Simmons going. Um, it's just an opportunity now to juggle things. But Wayne Simmons, you know, this guy gets 30, 30 goals a year when he's playing with Claude Giroux. Um, I think you find a way to try to see if you can catch lightning in the bottle with that. We'll get back to Simmons in a couple minutes, Rupper, but let's talk about Patrick Hornquist who's going to miss tonight's game. 
Uh, that cripples the Penguins' power play. I mean, who does what he does, right? Yeah, he's so good. So good in front there. Um, you know, I, I think that obviously it screams opportunity for other guys to go in there, but you can't really replicate what what Horny does because he's one of the best in the league at it. And just to the fact of um, just drawing penalties, just being that nuisance all the time, um, that's one of those things that we talked down the stretch is that I think he's one of the more um, irreplaceable guys in the Penguins lineup because of that because there's not many guys after that, after him that kind of play that way. So um, he'll be missed, but you know I think that that power play is what it is because of guys like that, but let's not forget all the skill on that power play. So I, they could be okay. I mean, I, you look at it, I mean, who you throw in there, I mean, I, I think there's been – the few odd times where you throw Riley Shane in front of the net, I think he's a guy who understands the role in that situation and, and, and maybe go from there. But just being net front, taking away the eyes, being a nuisance, um, that'll be missed. Who's a bigger loss, Couturier to Philadelphia or Hornquist to Pittsburgh? Um, I would say in this series, Couturier. I mean, Hornquist is a huge loss. I mean, I just said that he's one of those irreplaceable guys, but I just think with the year that Sean Couturier's had and I mean, you're trying to match up star power up front. Um, it's going to be really difficult against the Penguins team. And, and coming into the series, they had a decent chance on paper uh, as far as matching up to some degree. And now you're losing that guy. Uh, I think that hurts a ton. And not only that, it's now with him out, it's just what we were talking about. Now you got to move other guys around, maybe a closure at center, maybe get to that. Um, it affects a lot of different things. And Sean Couturier is, is a guy who's really good on the other side of the puck, too. So uh, I think it's one that, uh, for them, uh, he'll be missed uh, a lot. Yeah, you, you mentioned matchups. I think Couturier is their best matchup center because he's their best offensive center and their best defensive center. I just don't see a single good matchup for the Flyers, center versus center right now. I don't see any way to finagle anything, and that's why I would move uh, Giroux back to center. Now, what's the locker room attitude going to be like? In Philadelphia, the Flyers, with Gudas. Because he screwed the pooch. Accident or not, he screwed the Flyers bad. And how about the fans' attitude tonight toward Gudas? Yeah, I mean, you might get some some jeers. But I, I don't think, I mean, when you watch that play, it's a, it's just a, well, it's kind of an innocent play in practice that I don't think either guy saw either guy. I don't know how that happened, but... Um, it's it's one that will certainly hurt the team, so I'm sure you'll get some knuckleheads that will boo them and, and let them know. Uh, again, there's certain guys in the league, and I had a few pop in my head, that it almost got to a point where you you almost don't like hitting them. I mean, look at the you could tell from the guy's facial structure. He's he's a solid man. And when you, when well, you Like him, you, you said, Rupper, he's going to win basically every collision. Every collision. And the ones that you don't see coming are going to be even worse, and, and he doesn't even need to see them coming. It's like running into a, a steel pole and cemented in the ground. I mean, it's just not going to it's not going to give you any kind of, you know, you're not going to get anything out of that. So, um, yeah, I, I, he might get a little bit, but at the same time, I think they have bigger fish to fry. They need a big win. You mentioned Wayne Simmons before. Why is he playing so little? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I think Wayne Simmons has been banged up a lot this year. And I'd like to give him credit, though, because he's been one of the more consistent 30-goal guys. Or 20, he's right at 29-30-31, I think, every single year he gets there. And he's done that with that line. So we talked about how great Sean Couture has been 
with going moving up that line, Giroud to the wing all year. But let's not forget about the other guys who are probably putting their palms up, thinking, "What the heck's going on?" I'm pretty sure I did pretty well in that line as well, and he kind of gets you know pushed down and doesn't really have a quote unquote home in the lineup. He just kind of you know, and and with that being said, being banged up and getting different minutes, he still I think finished with 24 goals, and uh, so. He's a guy that he can score and he can he can score consistently, especially in the way you need to score goals in the playoffs. Um, I, if he doesn't if he doesn't see a big spike in his lineup or sorry in his minutes with Couturier out of the lineup, even though it's different position, I think just filtering more talented players or or point getters up in the lineup. He if he doesn't have a spike in his play tonight as far as minutes, uh, I think that's a big problem. We're talking to Mike Grupp of the NHL Network. He's brought to you by Auto Palace. Porsche. Uh, how important is the first 10 minutes of this game going to be? Because Sunday they were pretty important in that the Flyers uh, really had the Penguins under siege, Rupper, but the Penguins held them off. What do you expect in tonight in the first 10 minutes? Well, I, I would expect for any of the listeners that watched any of the Caps-Blue Jackets game last night, uh, the first 10 minutes of that game in the in the Blue Jackets' favor, they were, they were playing downhill. They were finishing every hit. There was good energy going in there. I thought the Caps did a pretty darn good job of not allowing that to to break them, and and you just got to get through it. I mean, that, those are the cliches you will always hear: is uh, let's the first ten minutes, let's weather the storm, and that's exactly right. I mean, you're in a place right now where this team's desperate; their fans are going to be desperate for a win. It's going to be there's going to be a lot of energy there, and I think that you almost you, you weather it and you'll wait for them just to get carried away a little bit. You just something where they're trying to force something out of nothing then you then you strike and uh so those first 10 minutes are they're going to be tough they're going to be tough um i'll tell you what if the penguins got an early one though talk about sucking the wind out of a building that could be a, a big change in the atmosphere in philly that's actually what i kind of expect to happen tonight Robert. the flyers aren't a real experienced playoff team especially when you get uh, below their top guys like Giroux and so forth and uh, i think if the penguins score early and if sid scores early i mean god forbid from a Philadelphia standpoint, Sid might be ready to just take over this series because he does that once in a while, and he's done it before against Philadelphia. He certainly has. He has his teams in the league, and the one that jumps to my mind right away is the New York Islanders, is that one team that he just dominates. And usually those teams in his division, he, he obviously has tons of reps, tons of games against them, and and he he's comfortable playing against those teams. And that's not a good thing if you're on the other squad. And, and uh, Sid is... Um, I think he's been outstanding, and I think he'll continue. He'll know, and he he's a guy that I think now you're just starting to see him heat up. I think he starts getting going here, and uh, and just when I look at these first three games, though, even though it's two one, it doesn't even really matter what happened tonight. Um, I, I actually was rooting for a long series. I want to see this these two teams slug it out. Um, hopefully, we'll start getting a little more hatred in that I don't think has been quite enough up to this point. Maybe it's been good to the, for the Penguins because they can cruise. But the Penguins have dominated, even in the game they lost in Game Two. Um, you know that uh, that Flyers team they were outplayed, and they had Brian Elliott that came through for them in that game. And so, if I'm sitting there as a Penguins fan or in that locker room, I'm feeling pretty darn confident about our team in the series. But you don't want to you don't want to let teams hang around. And I think Sid knows that, and he'll 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 ramp it up to to make sure they put another nail in the coffin here. Chris Letang played 25 minutes in Game 3 and had probably his best game of the series and his best game in a while, Rupper. Why do some guys just play better when they play more? 
it's you, you get a better feel. You get a f- better feel of the flow of the game. You don't have to try to make things happen in maybe a, a limited time. I know that there's guys that, uh, especially on the D side of it, that there's a big difference if you're playing 25 minutes or 21. And, um, you know, just a different feel to it. And that's why I think a lot of times D cores um, really get hurt when they have high-end guys that they just play you know, I'll say up in Minnesota, Ryan Suter would normally average 26 plus, one of the league leaders every year. And then you'll have your third D pairing that gets, you know, 14 to 17 minutes. And those 14 to 17 guys, they're trying to tread water when they get out there. They just don't want to make a mistake. I'd rather have guys that are involved a little bit more when they get a little bit more minutes, bring the top guys down a little bit and have them be impactful defensemen in the game. Um, you know, any of those highly skilled guys, they want to be out there all the time and it just makes them feel more comfortable. I mean, when you're in it from basically every other shift, it feels like um, you've got a good grasp on the flow of the game and, and you can kind of pick your spots a little bit better. Rupper, how can an expansion team not only make the playoffs but sweep their first-round series? I mean, a lot of that was Marc-Andre Fleury, but this Vegas Gold Knight story just keeps getting better and better. I don't even know what to say. If you were to ask me before this these playoffs uh, – if you if I was to make a guarantee of who would win a series, I'd probably first one would say Nashville would be Colorado, which Colorado looked pretty dang good the other night. Um, but right there with them would be I would think the Kings would mop up Vegas. I just didn't. I thought Vegas started to not that they came back down to reality. I actually really do think they're a very good team. They're showing everybody they are. But I think the rest of the league was just amping up their game, and I didn't know if Vegas could kick it to that next level. And I, I mean every time. I, I kind of assimilate these things in my mind. I'm, I'm proven dead wrong with this Vegas team. And they're, they're just, I mean, what do you do with them? I mean, they, they literally just, I haven't seen a team that works from puck drop to ending buzzer more than this team. And they're, they're on you. Any mistakes you make, it's under a microscope. It's going to be, it's going to be revealed. You're, you, it's going to be very obvious. And they just come and they come and they come and they just have this demeanor to them that, they're just going to play hockey, and they like the chances at the end of it. They don't care what the situation is. Certainly, Mark Andre Fleury helps. He's got like a nine-seven-something save percentage. Um, but that, they were against the goalie that was pretty pretty awesome in the, in the past too. They weren't scoring many goals. Uh, this team just scores at the right time, and uh, I don't even know what to think anymore. I mean, I have no idea what to think of this Vegas team, but it's fun to watch. Where's the series between Columbus and Washington going to go? Every game in overtime, the home team's 0-3. Uh, certainly uh, what we expected is right out the window. But i got to tell you, here's one thing that, that kind of disturbed me. I watched that whole game last night, and I thought even before overtime, the teams were already getting sloppy and tired. I think playing so many extra minutes, intense minutes, is already taking its toll on both teams. Yeah, I agree with that. and I think that the style of both teams, you know, that anytime you're playing against that Columbus team, you know you're going to be in a dogfight, and you're, you're going to have to put your work boots on a little bit more than maybe you normally would, and it's it's challenging. I mean, getting hit after every time you touch the puck, eventually that's going to wear on you. I and mean, that's what we're always told inside the locker room. Finish every check. You might not you might not see the results here in game one. You might not see them in game four. But come game six or seven, if it gets there, you're going to start seeing the results. So you, you have to... You, you basically become committed to that, married to that idea early on, and both teams are trying to do that, and it's they're slugging it out. I like it. It's been a fun series. I, I have Columbus winning that series. I think it goes seven. Um, I just don't 
it's they're not giving each other much, and uh, I love it. I love it. I think that that series for me up to this point really, really has kind of encapsulated what playoff hockey is, and uh, and you're seeing the, the the stars, Panarin's really stepped up, and now it's uh, now it's kind of Columbus's turn for their stars. This or sorry, uh, Washington stars to step up. Um, the goaltending. Now that Holpe's in there, I you know I, I I hope that it starts getting even stronger for the Caps, and this thing goes a distance. Real quick, Rupper, back to the Pens and Flyers. I kind of think the Pens are going to win the next two games. What say you? Um, yeah, I would say that. I would say that. Um, I, I just think that the way these games have gone down, I don't think there's really too much of, that Philly can hang their head on. And you're always trying to fabricate something internally inside the locker room, just trying something to, to grab onto a positive you just had one of your teammates drill your other teammate in practice, and he's one of your better players. Things aren't feeling very good there in Philly. Um, and then when you look across, you've got Sidney Crosby, um, Evgeny Malkin, Phil Kessel. I mean, as good as you feel about anything, come puck drop, and you're looking across to them. I mean, it's got to start getting the wheels spinning a little bit in the wrong way. Tonight during the game, you, you've been in a million games. You've heard bench jockeying, people running their mouths. Will players on the Penguins give Gudos grief for what he did to Couturier? No, uh, yeah, I, mean, I would. You know, I'd probably <laughs> say something. I mean, just you know, I mean, it's nothing that's gonna really disturb them or anything like that. But just you know, just you, you just let them know. Uh, you know, it just it's a just anything to kind of get under the button. And he's gonna he's gonna try to be physical and over you just want you what you want is you want someone to be over physical and 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 get outside themselves a little bit and take a penalty i mean that's really what you why you talk at all i mean none of these things really um hurt people's feelings and go home and they're not thinking about it in that moment you're trying to piss them off to do something stupid because you want to get on the power play and um so yeah i think certainly someone will probably say something to them rupper great stuff as always we'll talk again next week awesome sounds good that's mike rupp of the nhl network he's brought to you by uh, Auto Palace Porsche. Make every day a Porsche day with a new Bacon. Bob McGonka next, 105.9. This is Phil Kessa of the Pittsburgh Penguins. You're listening to Mark Madden, the best hockey talk on 105.9 The X. Joined now by Bob McGonka and Bob brought to you by 84 Lumber. Bob, uh, I'm very curious to see how the Flyers crowd tonight at Wells Fargo treats Gudos if indeed Couturier can't play as we assume. And uh, we'll never know, but I'm curious how the Flyers' dressing room today feels about Gudas as well. Wow, those are great questions, and I loved Rupper's answer to your question about, you know, do, do the Penguins bench give it to him? And he said, <laughs> I would. So you know that that's going to be going on, although I'm not sure who would be the talking with Patrick Hornquist off the bench. Um, but I don't know if it's going to affect the Flyer locker room as much as maybe we're getting a giggle out of it. Um they're, they know they're going to have to step it up. They know that they have a huge piece of the puzzle out of out of it tonight if he doesn't go. Uh, they're going to come out 100 miles an hour, no matter what, whether... I, I don't know. I, honestly, uh, forgive the interruption. Don't they Jeff. have to? I think they have to, unless they've given up because Couturier can't play, and I think the odds of him playing are slim and slim and none, and Slim just got his knee caved in by, by uh, <laughs> Rodko Gudosh. Yeah. Uh, I, I just could see them tanking. They have the excuse. Now they might tank. I don't see them as a particularly gutsy team. I think they're paper tigers. I'm not predicting that, 
but the Flyers coming out flat and getting blown out would not surprise me. I can see them coming out uh, 100 miles an hour because, A, if they don't have Couturier, then they have to make up the difference somehow. If they do have Couturier, then they're relieved, they're happy that they have him. I don't see it lasting that long. Uh, and I know that you and Rupper talked about the Penguins maybe getting an early one. I could see that happening, and if that happens, Mark, all of that is out the window. The crowd's out the window. Then the crowd turns on them. Or, say Radko Gudas takes a stupid penalty tonight. You'll or makes see, a bad turnover that winds up in his net. It, right, exactly. Then you'll see the Flyers fans. I mean, I think that they see the writing on the wall also, and it's just in their nature to make it ugly as soon as they can. As captain and leader, shouldn't Claude Giroux volunteer to go to center with Couturier out? Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you think he will? I think he will. You know, I listened to DV this morning. They had a guy on from Philadelphia who said that a number of times in the season, uh, both Couturier and Giroux switched like on the fly. Whether where they were on the ice or whatever, sometimes that they would just switch it up and Giroux would go back to uh, be in the center. And you pointed that out in the 3 o'clock hour, too, on the uh, faceoff that he got burned by Sidney Crosby on and that Dumoulin scored on. You know, he was playing center there. So I, I think that, you know, especially with the year he's having, uh, I bet he does come out at center. I don't know which, uh, which other way they would do it uh, if they don't have Couturier. They, they kind of have to. Finally, Bob, what are your expectations for Dominic Simone tonight? who steps in for Patrick Cornquist? It's his first ever NHL playoff game, and he'll be uh, going from a healthy scratch to Sidney Crosby's line. Yeah, no kidding. Um, he's played with Sid before, so maybe um, you know he's got some comfort level there, but boy, how many times have you talked to a guest to ask them what it's like to play on Sidney Crosby's line because he likes things a certain way? Uh, he's got offense. He's got skills. Uh, he doesn't really have the size, um, and he doesn't have the experience. So let's hope for something good from him right off the bat or good on that line so that he can settle into it a little bit. That's Bob McLaughlin. He's brought you to 84 Lumber. In just 30 seconds, I'm going to tell you why the hashtag MeToo movement took a punch to the gut a couple days ago, courtesy of ESPN and the world of sports. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9.